Gonzo slash Larson family minus one plus two. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Luke chapter six in your Bibles tonight. Boy, hasn't God been good? Man, the weather's been wonderful out there. Uh, man, it's been good. If you want to go on a motorcycle ride, just come over tomorrow. I'll take you out on a spin. Amen. And uh, weather's been good. And uh, I tell you, you know, just the Lord is good every day. There's so many things we can always be thankful for. Amen. And, you know, just to see the Lord's hand in our life every day. Amen. Everything that goes on. And uh, even when you get bad news, sometimes the Lord is right in the middle of that. He, Amen. he, he has a purpose and a reason. And uh, we just have to just trust Him in those things. Amen. And God's been good. Okay, so you shook hands and you told somebody tonight during handshaking Something good about you, that they liked about you, okay? So what did, what did you hear? I want to hear what you heard, because I was watching. I may play over here sometimes, but I can watch you sometimes uh, when you're handshaking. So I want to hear what somebody said they thought of you, as long as it's good, okay? All right, let's go. Let's hear. Let's, let's start with somebody. Ms. Watson? Good. Amen. Amen. All right. Who else? I don't want to have to call on folks. Amen. Like the draft. You know, I don't. I don't want to do the draft. Miss Christine. Good. Amen. Feels good to know somebody's thinking good of you. Felicity, what did someone say to you? You forgot? I have that same problem sometimes. Happens to all of us. Who else? Who else? Miss Linda. Good. Amen. That's a blessing. Joe? I'm drafting now. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here, Joe. Okay. Take that one to heart. Okay. Who else? Who else? Sandra? Good. Good. Okay, I'm going to still do some drafting. Jaden? Yeah, amen. He's getting tall. What are you feeding him there? I'll tell you. Man. He's eating it all? I don't know where it goes. Right to the big toe. Amen. Autumn? Her guinea pigs. Okay. All right. She didn't call you that, I hope, right? Okay. Okay, all right, just checking, want to make sure. All right, Miss Marilyn. Amen. Praise the Lord. That feels good to hear something good from somebody, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. All right, Miss Connie. Well, this is just a, I've heard you a little bit, but 
Oh, okay. Okay. Ah, I heard. I know it. I know it. I heard that. Jordan's expecting. What a blessing. Amen. I texted her and I said, we could use a, another set of twins in the church too. And uh, for some reason, Brett wasn't for that notion, but. Yeah, amen. Lord's good. Oh, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. Amen. Going to be good. I love the little ones. I love spoiling them. Amen. And I love giving them sugar and all the sugar they want. Send them home with their mother. Amen. And uh, that's, that's grandparent duty, but God's good. Okay, let's begin tonight. Luke chapter 6. Let's begin with verse number 27. And uh, we're going to read all these verses. These are red letter words. Of course, these are direct words of Jesus while he was here on earth. It's all God's word, right? It's all God's word. But there is special emphasis on the direct words of Jesus. And they do have special impact on our life, as we'll see tonight. Luke chapter 6, let's begin with verse number 27 in God's word tonight. The Bible says here, but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that, ye, that men should do unto you, do ye also likewise, to, uh, to, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive also as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. Ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. My, only God can do that. Amen? Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not that ye be not judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. Let's pray tonight. Lord, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the opportunity tonight just to open its pages and to look in it and have our hearts uh, warmed and blessed and challenged again by the Word. And God, thank you we can be here tonight. Thank you for the testimonies and the word, uh, words given by each person tonight. And God, uh, we just need, to, need some bread from heaven tonight. And I pray that tonight you take the Word of God and make it 
Make it wonderful and rich and powerful in our lives tonight. Give us what we need, we pray, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Very powerful passage of Scripture that Jesus uh, left us here in the book of Luke here. And um, it's a passage of Scripture that Jesus uh, actually was teaching a new covenant in when Jesus was giving us this. And uh, because the old law had certain requirements and certain uh, ways that you were supposed to treat people and ways that en enemies were supposed to be treated. But when Jesus came, he changed that and he said, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Wow. Now, that's not easy. But you see, when you have Christ in, uh, in you, you can do all things. With God, all things are possible. And so the passage is giving us this heart of a Christian. And the heart of a Christian is, if someone steals your cloak away, then take your coat also and give it to them. If somebody asks you to, um, uh, to, to, if someone smites you on the cheek, then offer the other cheek to them. Wow, that's hard. But let me tell you something. It is not this understanding that a Christian should just be walked on. Okay? That's not the understanding of what this passage means. What the passage means is that we are supposed to be like Jesus in these areas of our life because he was the one that was spat and beat upon. He was the one that was smitten on the face. And so in his heart and in his spirit, he lives in us. And so consequently, we can react to this old sinful world the same way. Because God is good to the unthankful and to the evil. Amen. Think about that. Let me say this. God gives even the evil man his air to breathe every day. God gives even to the evil man bread to fill his stomach every day. God gives to the evil man even uh, uh, um, life and breath. These things all come from God, and God allows these things to happen. All, all I can say is, is that we serve a great God and a merciful God Amen. and a wonderful God. Now, I want to again preach on one word, and that one word, the passage, I haven't come to yet. But it is this word here in verse 37 the word judge. The word judge. And I've, I've entitled the message tonight this, Should a Christian judge other people? Should a Christian judge other people? Now let me tell you something. I'm going to shock you tonight. I'm going to shock you, all right? Because in the Bible we have three different meanings of the same word judge. Sometimes when we read the word judge, it does not mean the same thing. And I want to pick them apart tonight, and I just want to reveal it to you, open it up to you to see and understand a little bit better what God is saying, what God is teaching us from his word. Now, the word judge here in verse 37 is the first word I want to look at. It is 
a word in the Hebrew language, and here's what it means. It means to decide, to try, like putting somebody on a trial, to condemn, to punish, to determine, and it also has this meaning to it of suing somebody at the law, taking somebody down to the lawyer and saying, you did me wrong, uh, and so I'm going to sue you, uh, sue another Christian. Now, this is the kind of judging that we find mostly in Scripture. It's found, and this meaning is found over 280 times throughout Scripture. And let me tell you something. God does not want us to be Christians that judge in this form of manner. And the reason is, is because judgment should be reserved for an almighty God. Man cannot judge accurately because we are imperfect. <laughs> have, you ever, uh, have you ever driven down the road and somebody cut you off? And you got, they, you got mad at them because they cut you off. Well, let me ask you another question. Have you ever driven down the road and cut somebody off? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever done that? Now, for, for some reason, when they do it to us, they're a rotten, low-down, two-bit, flea-bitten varmint. Amen? But now, when we do it to somebody else, they deserve that. That's what they earned. They deserve that. <clears throat> now, that's just a, a silly illustration that proves and demonstrates just kind of how ridiculous it is when we judge because when we judge somebody, um, you know, when we judge somebody, we're not always looking at ourselves. So here's what Scripture is teaching. And there's different verses on it. So I want you to look at a few verses about it. Go to Matthew chapter 7 with me. The book of Matthew chapter number 7. We're going to look at several verses tonight about the Word. Matthew chapter number 7. And let's look at verse number 2 in this passage. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Again here, Jesus says, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be meted to you again. So the reason we shouldn't be judgmental to people is because we're going to face the same judgment ourselves. All right? We're going to face that same judgment ourselves. So, um, you, you know, I've heard, I've heard people say, um, uh, Preacher, you, uh, if I do wrong, uh, you're going to condemn me to hell. I've had people tell me that. Preacher, you're telling me I'm going to hell. By the way, no, I cannot do that. That is God's business. That is God's business. That is not a preacher's business. Now, I can tell you what God said about it. Amen? And it's not our business to judge because we can become hypocrites when we judge people wrongly. We can become hypocrites. And God wants us to avoid hypocrisy. So here, if you judge somebody for something, just be ready because God will judge you on the same measure. And that's what Scripture teaches and this is the understanding of the first word here, the first word judge, and what it's talking about. 
Now, I want you to look at some verses again in context of the same word. Go to John chapter 3 with me. Famous passage of Scripture. John chapter number 3. And the same word is used here in John chapter 3 and verse number 17. John chapter 3, verse number 17. The Bible says here, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. The word condemn here is the same word as judge. God didn't come to judge the world uh, because He hath not... uh, He that... uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm on verse 18... But he, uh, verse 17, for God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, when a person's saved, they avoid eternal judgment. Salvation is what causes you and I to not have to be judged to go to heaven or hell. If you're saved, you won't go to hell. It's that simple. Verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now this word is the word condemned, but it's the same Greek word as judge. God is the ultimate judge of the soul of man. Now I look at Brother Joe's life back there, and from all the outward appearances, he appears to me to be a saved man. But only Joe knows that for for certain. Only Joe really knows that. I look at his life, I can see the fruit in his life, and I I think he's saved. And, And from his life, I see that. But I really don't know. Only Joe and God know that. Amen? And it's the same with everybody else. So I cannot judge a man's soul. Um. And, and, and we should not be in the business of that. But let me tell you something. God does judge a man's soul. And the reason he does is because he is perfect and his judgment is always true and right. Man's judgment is often skewed because we're sinners. So here, the same word condemned is used for that. Now, what are we going to be judged by? Now, go to John chapter 12, just a few chapters over. The book of John chapter 12, and look at verse number 48. John 12, verse 48. The Bible says here, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken the same day shall judge him in the last day. Do you know how we're going to be judged on judgment day? We're going to be judged by the Bible. The Word of God is going to judge us. So if the Word of God is going to judge us, then don't you think it's important that we follow the Word of God? Don't you think that's important? I think it's important to dig into it, learn everything we can about God and the Bible, and give our whole lives to following everything that God said. Because we know that one day we're, our, we're going to be judged by this, this book right here. The words that he said, the word that I've spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. And by the way, that's why God gave us a Bible, so that we could look at it, read it, and know God. 
Shame on a Christian that takes their Bible and puts it on a shelf and never opens it up. That, we ought to feel convicted about that. Because that alone is telling us we're not worried about being judged by God. Again, the word's talking about man not judging. The word is talking, this, this word judge is referring to God's uh, true and righteous judgments. By the way, folks, God is the true and righteous judge. God is true and righteous. If God declares a soul lost, let me tell you what, they are lost. And again, I may not know whether a soul is lost or not. Uh, I do know this. There are some that say to Jesus, Lord, Lord, and will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. There's some like that. And there are some who've received Christ and may see very little fruit. I do believe this. If a Christian is saved, there's going to be some kind of fruit in their life. There's going to be something there. I don't know always what that is, but that there, there's going to be some fruit there. You can't, you can't have the Lord Jesus move inside you and something not change. It's not going to happen. Because God's holy and we're not. And when holiness meets unholiness, something's got to give. Amen? So, here we talk about this word judge. God's our judge. The Word is our judge. And He only judges right. Now, let's go to another way this verse is looked at. Verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Now, this verse, judge, is also given in the same light of a Christian suing another Christian. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, and look at verse number 1. And notice what the Apostle Paul says here to the church of Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that which uh, that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. It is so that there is not. Uh, I'm sorry. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother go, uh, goeth to law with his brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one to another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Now notice what Jesus is saying. Same word judge here is taking somebody to court, taking a Christian to court, and and bringing them to court. Years ago, uh, I've used this illustration before, but uh, years ago, a man came to me, 
It wasn't in this church. He came to me years ago, and he said that somebody in the church had bought a car from him, and that that person bought the car, he signed the title over, gave it to him, and that that person uh, did not pay them any money for that. And they, they wanted me to decide what to do. Wow, okay, what a blessing, amen. They put that in my lap. By the way, there's only one thing that can guide me in something like that, and that is the Word of God, the Bible. And there's a Bible verse that says, oh, no man, anything. And so um, I, I talked to the other person who handled that, or the other person who had not paid the vehicle, and my advice to them was to either give the car back or fork out the money and pay the car. Because Scripture says, don't owe, man, uh, owe no man anything. And so that's what happened the person paid for the car, and the issue was settled. Now, what if they'd have gone to court in an issue like that? Somebody in that crowd would have, would have looked at him and said, are you Christians? Are you, uh, what's wrong with you, you know? Why are you suing your brother at court? And so, in the same realm of the word judge here, it's the same understanding that a Christian should not go to court with another Christian and sue another Christian. And hear me, it's better for the cause of Christ that someone ends up being defrauded or someone ends up losing some type of thing rather than to smear the name of Christ and to bring the name of Christ to that level. And I think that's a wise Christian who can do something like that. Now, nobody likes to be stepped on or taken advantage of. Nobody likes that. And nobody really should. But let me tell you something. Jesus said it here in verse 7. I like what, what this verse says. It says, now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because you go to the law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? So, hear me. Sometimes a Christian... To take, has to take the wrong upon them in order for the name of Christ to be lifted up and honored. Amen? And we're called sometimes to make those sacrifices. Amen? Uh, I, I heard another issue, issue of another issue that there was a car that was, I don't know how these always go back to cars, but <clears throat> there was a car, a totally different church, a car was given to the church, and the church found a lady that did not have a car. So, the church gave the car to the lady who did not have one. But it took her two months to come pick it up. And in those two months, why, I don't know. In those two months, some kids had gotten some rocks and had broken out the windows. And... Um, so the lady to whom the car was given wanted the church to buy new windows in the car. And the pastor said, no. And I'm with him on that one, amen. The pastor said, no, and the lady said, yes. The pastor said, no. 
The lady said, yes. Pastor said, no. The lady said, yes. And you can see what's going to start happening, right? Um, you know what they did? They went and took it to another Christian and laid out the whole thing before them to avoid an issue of taking it to court. And um, one lost and one won. And it was actually the pastor of the church that ended up losing, which I felt was wrong. But when he got the decision from another wise Christian to go ahead and pay it, it was all about this idea of the church keeping its testimony and its name good in the community and for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it ended up costing something, yes, but the testimony of Christ is so valuable that we should be willing sometimes to even take a wrong if it affects us. See? Now, this is the understanding of the first word, the first meaning of the word judge. And, and suffice it to say, we should not be the determiners. We shouldn't be sewers. Uh, we shouldn't uh, uh, put, uh, uh, condemn people. I have never told anybody, I said, you're going to go to hell, you know. But I will tell you this, the Bible does tell them if they're lost, they're going to go to hell. But as a man, as a normal person, an everyday person, I have no right to condemn them. I have no right to punish them. That's God's business. Amen? And so that's what this verse is talking about. That's what this particular word is talking about it means. Okay, now I know you're ready to go to the next word, okay? Hebrews chapter 5. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter number 5. You still with me? I heard Autumn yawn down here. You better stop that, Autumn. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 5. Here's the second word, Hebrews chapter 5, look at verse number 13. Notice here it says, For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now it means that there are some that um, they don't use the word right, or they take it out of context, or they don't have a proper understanding of the Bible. They're unskillful in it, and, and it means they're a babe. They're young in Christ. They're not mature enough to really understand it. Okay, verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, mature Christians, even to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now the word discern also is a word that means judge. And here's what it means specifically. Specifically, it means to make a judicial discernment or an estimation about a matter. To make a discernment. Now, it may surprise you to understand it, but in the context of this verse, it is actually a good thing to judge or to discern between good and evil. Hey, listen, God wants a Christian to judge in this way that we know the difference between good and evil. Amen? In other words, good and evil should not be ambiguous to a Christian. 
We should know what's right. We should know what's wrong. This is the, this is the understanding of this particular word, knowing good and evil. Now, in this context, I can be a judge because in a judgment of this, I'm supposed to discern what's good and what's evil. Uh, someone comes up to me and offers me a drink. <laughs> you say, what are you going to do? I'm not going to drink it. I'll give it to my wife. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to drink it. I couldn't say, biblically, that's evil. And I'm not going to touch it. That's what it means. It means to judge in that way between good and evil. You know, some Christians today have gotten so soppy that we, oh, anything's good, whatever. Uh, if you want to live like a homosexual, well, that's, I'm not going to be your judge. Uh, listen, that is not what this verse is teaching. This verse is teaching that a Christian should know the difference between good and evil. And by the way, what is the determination of good and evil is the Word of God. What the Bible says is the final judge, so good and evil come from the Bible. And if we know what's good and evil, the difference, then we should judge in it accordingly. We should judge between good and evil. Amen. And some people have this idea that, oh, Christian, you know, shouldn't judge. It's, you know, whatever people do. I, I won't judge this person. I'm not going to judge that person. They, <clears throat> you know, they, um, they're homosexual or they do all this. Uh, listen, you say, oh, you shouldn't judge. Hey, listen, we are supposed to discern, judge, same word, judge, between good and evil. We're supposed to know it. And you know what? Most Christians don't really pay attention that much to knowing the difference between good and evil. You know, in the Old Testament, it was a point for the priest, for the people to know the difference between the holy and the profane. Well, how are they going to do that without judging the difference between the holy and the profane? They had to know the difference. And in this verse, it's the word discern, but it's the same meaning as the word to judge. And so, listen, we are not supposed to be a Christian that does not judge between good and evil. We are supposed to know what's good, we're supposed to know what's evil, and we're supposed to discern and biblically judge in that way. Now again, be careful, because if it's not in the Bible, and it's just our opinion, you know, opinions are like armpits. We, we all have a couple of them, and sometimes they really stink, right? So it's careful, careful as we judge about something that we say, hmm, that's wrong. I can stand here and tell you today that cigarettes are wrong. That's, you say, is that judging? Yes, it is judging. It is judging. But it's not judging, it's judging the difference between good and evil. Oh, wait a minute now, preacher. There's, the Bible doesn't talk about cigarettes anywhere. How can you say they're evil? Well, of course, they didn't have cigarettes back in that day, right? 
So how do you know it is? I know this. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that our body should be pleasing to God and glorify God in all we do in our body. To him, James 5, verse 16, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So how can we know what sin is unless we're judging the difference of good and evil? I say to you today, the whole crux of the issue is to know what God says is good and know what God says is evil. Because that's the way we can truly and honestly judge in the right way. Okay. Now, I know I'll get some Facebook person on Facebook get mad at me. But I challenge you, if you do, to show me where I'm wrong from the Bible. Amen? If I'm wrong, you show me from Scripture. By the way, I got a lot more Scriptures that I could give you, so just be quiet. Amen? Every once in a while I get, a, get somebody like that. Amen? All right, let's go to the third word. You ready? Here we go, third word. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And by the way, I encourage you to go home, look these up yourself, and see if I'm telling you the truth. Amen? Don't just swallow what I say. Amen? Go home, look it up for yourself. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Notice verse number 5. Um, I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. Now, this, one, this word judge is different than the other words. And it's only found, I believe, three times in the New Testament. And here's what it means. It means to separate thoroughly or to withdraw from someone or to oppose someone. It means to be in direct opposition in a way that you oppose them and you withdraw from them. Now, that's a pretty straightforward term, isn't it? Now, that's what it means. So, in the context of the passage of Scripture, he's saying here, um, there should be somebody that understands that there is a time at which you have to withdraw or you have to stand in opposition to something. And by the way, sad to say, it's talking about, the context is talking about brethren. So, what exactly is it meaning and how is it, how is it put? You know, I believe this. You know, when another brother or another Christian wants to be critical and stir up trouble and just cause all kinds of hateful negativity, I believe that's the time when you ought to, you ought to pose them. You ought to say, no, that's not right. That's wrong. And until, and until you make it right, I'm not hanging around you. And here's the danger of that. If you do not judge in this manner, the danger is that a person can get sucked into that and develop that critical spirit. They can develop that just by hanging around somebody. Just by somebody who's hateful and critical and 
just nasty. We know people like that. And sometimes that happens to a Christian. And, and may I tell you what? I want to have such a sweet church that if a, if, a, if a Christian ever wanted to come in our church and be like that, nobody would have anything to do with them. Amen. Amen? And that says everything. And that is in the context of judging. Now, by the way, let me say this. It's sad when that happens. But I want to tell you something. That's happened to me in almost every church I've pastored and almost every pastor. Brother, uh, I, sometimes you don't understand the difficulties or the, the burdens that a pastor faces. And I'm not crying or anything. But Brother, uh, brother Hollers, even when we were sitting there and just talking preacher talk, um, I could see the burden on his heart. And he said some people had been very nasty and critical and left the church and been angry. And by the way, if somebody can't make that right, you know what the best decision is? They ought to leave that church. Amen? And um, they should. You know why? Because the spirit of the church is so important that it's good. Amen? Now, by that, I don't mean you don't disagree with something from time to time. I don't mean that. That's normal. We're human beings. But, you know, some people just live and love a critical spirit. And if you're around that person, oh, man, they're going to infect you. And they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna put something bad in you. And when you hear the word, it's gonna cause a negative. It's gonna cause you to rebel against God. So in the context of the word here, judge, he's saying sometimes you gotta separate thoroughly. Sometimes you gotta withdraw, even oppose. That's what this word here, judge, means. Now. Here's what's exciting. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Are you still with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 11. <clears throat> now there's two different words. This is the only verse in the Bible where the word judge is used twice, but it has two different meanings. Let's look at it. I found, I found this to be wonderful. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 31. Notice, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. The first word in judged is this word, separate or withdraw from ourselves, oppose ourselves. He's talking about judging ourselves. Now, wait a minute. He's saying, you need to withdraw from yourself. You need to oppose yourself. What? I like me. I'm my best friend. God said, no, sometimes we've got to oppose ourselves. Sometimes this old flesh wants to do what it wants to. Sometimes this old flesh wants to do some things that it shouldn't do. And you've got to say, flesh, I oppose you. Flesh, I withdraw from you. I'm leaving. We're, we're out of here. Flesh, you don't get your way today. Now that's what the word means. It means if we judge ourselves, we're hard on ourselves. If we say to ourselves, 
I, I'm not going to go to that bar. I'm not going to go to that movie. I'm not going to go do this. I'm not going to go uh, dress like that or act like that. I'm not going to go hang around with a bunch of ungodlies. You had to say to your flesh sometimes, flesh, mm-mm, you're not my friend. See, there's two things going on inside of my heart. There's the flesh and the spirit. And if I want the spirit to win, and I do, then I've got to pose the flesh. And I've got to tell this old flesh, mm-mm, sorry, you don't win, I oppose you. That's what the context of the first word, judged, means. All right, now let's look at the second word in the verse. He says here, for if we would judge ourselves, we're hard on ourselves, we should not be judged. This goes back to the first definition of judgment, which is talking about condemning, punishing, uh, or, determine, or, or, or to determine something. This goes back to this idea that we are not to judge others, but that God is the true and the righteous judge. <laughs> are you seeing what the verse is kind of saying? God is saying, if we judge ourselves and we don't let our flesh win, when we get to judgment day, we ourselves will not have to face that judgment. Amen? You see, when a sinner needs to come to Christ and they're lost and they're under conviction, there's this battle of the flesh and God. God's pulling them and the flesh is pulling them. And there's this inward battle that goes on. How many of you had that when you were getting saved? There, this battle, this going back and forth, and it was a it was a struggle until you just gave up to God. How many, how many of you had an experience kind of like that? Several of you, several of you. But when you finally gave up to God, he saved you, washed your soul. What he did was he took away eternal judgment from you. And by the way, he's, he's really referring to the great white throne judgment where sinners, the lost, will be judged. So here's what God is saying. If I won't let my flesh win and I need to get saved, I'm going to withdraw from this flesh and I'm going to go get saved. I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to let the Spirit defeat the flesh. And by that, I will not face eternal judgment forever and ever. Man, that sends shivers up my spine to know that the God of this world can judge us righteously when he knows that he has washed us and condemned us. See, he buries our sins in the deepest sea and remembers them no more. At salvation, he puts them all in the deepest sea. So when we go to God, we die one day, we enter into heaven. God says, Watch, you know, there's not going to be any problem with me getting into heaven because there's, all the sin is gone. All the sin is gone. I judged myself. I, let, I got saved. I let the blood of Christ wash me. And because the blood of Christ washed me, I can walk into heaven free. No judgment. That's what it means. There is therefore now no condemnation 
to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Isn't that good? Oh, listen, I want to tell you something, Christian. This word reminds us of a couple things. Number one, we've got to keep on battling the flesh. We've got to keep on letting the flesh oppose it. You, you don't get any room in my heart, flesh. You're not going to win. We've got to keep opposing the flesh. Why? Because through that, Christ can win in our life. Christ can win in our life. And, you know, there is a judgment by which all Christians are going to go. And this judgment that all Christians are going to go is the great white throne, or, or the, is the, the, the beam of seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. And there is where we're going to receive our rewards. Woo! That's going to be a good day when we see the rewards of God in our hand. What a blessing. We'll be glad. We'll be glad that day that we trusted Christ, that we were saved. So, judgment. Understand what it means. Understand what God's teaching us. But the greatest point is if you're lost, open your heart and be saved. Judge yourself right now so that someday God doesn't have to judge you on that day, eternal day, and say, depart from me. I never knew you. Trust him today. Be saved today. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight.